Welcome to Sober Conversations, and thank you for joining us today. Sober Conversations is the podcast that gets to the heart of addiction recovery by examining all the angles of the sober lifestyle and just what it means to be alive, healthy, and thriving. My name is Dr. Herbie Bell. In today's episode number 34 is a conversation with author, educator, and counselor Steve Sunberg. Steve is the author of Street Logic, a novel about the largely misunderstood, fragile, and at-risk homeless population in this country. A great and sobering read. But to our discussion today, Steve has created another book and process called Sober Diary, where he teaches people the power of writing their own stories and how powerful that is. Steve teaches the process in addiction treatment centers in South Florida, but will tell all of us how to get a sober diary and learn to use it as a very effective transformational process in addiction recovery. Let's get to talking to this master storyteller right now. Good morning, Steve Sundberg. We are on Sober Conversations. It's so great to have you here today. Thanks, Herbie. Glad to be here. Well, I want the audience, the listening audience, to know that you are the exemplary practitioner of radical acceptance because uh, they need to know that you went through an entire uh, conversation with me, a interview. Uh, we had 45 minutes of fantastic uh, conversation, and then the technology decided to have it disintegrate in the ether. <laughs> so this is take two, and you were such a Spartan and a gentleman for saying, yeah, let's do it again. Well, uh what else are we going to do, right? You know, um, we gave it our best shot there, and uh, I hope we can uh, give it a better shot this time. Maybe right. there's a re- reason for it all. Who knows? Oh, it's going to be even more better. So let's yeah. let's start with finding out about you and your work, which I think is such an important aspect of addiction recovery. And you have this tool that you help people uh, find their ways home, let's call it. So why don't you begin by briefly telling us about your own sober diary story and how you find this life and this work. Why is storytelling so powerful for you? Well, um, you know, ever since I was a kid, I was I was a journal writer and a storyteller. And, um, and over the years, I've always kept journals. I found that I could express myself a hundred percent in a journal without the filter of talking to somebody or trying to explain something. Just a great way to, um, say it like it is. And, and I think journal writing is really storytelling to ourselves. Um, and we can be a hundred, you know, we can be honest. We, that's what I encourage people in the workshops. I do say it like it is. Don't worry about it. Don't judge it. Uh, get it out and look at it, um, and we can see things better. So I think storytelling is always so it's a natural kind of thing. I agree with you. You know, I introduced you as um, the educator and author that you are, and you're a powerful storyteller yourself. And you have written this critically acclaimed, uh, let's call it unadulterated and sober book called Street Logic. 
Um, what are a couple of the the salient takeaways from your your book and your experience with addiction and with homelessness? Well, Herbie, I, I lived in Boston for many years, and I would say a good dozen of those years, I worked directly with the homeless population, starting back in the late 80s when there was an explosion onto the streets, the institutions that all closed down. And uh, and then I worked again in uh, from 2000 to 2005 with a street outreach team. And we saw all kinds of situations on the street from people who were fending for themselves pretty well, um, given the circumstances, to people who could not take care of themselves whatsoever. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's hard to get the mind around it. Truly, you know, as I walked the streets of Boston, I used to think about what would uh, Socrates say about this or what would uh, Carl Jung do in this case, you know, when you almost can't do anything but sometimes just be available for people. So America needs a little bit better uh, response to chronic homelessness, I, I think, in my opinion, you know, more compassionate places for them to go. Uh, uh, so I wrote Street Logic to show people what it is, you know, and, and how helping sometimes works and often doesn't work. And I just kind of wanted to, I felt like that story might never get told from a, from a, someone who's actually worked on the street for a long enough time to see it. And I felt kind of a duty to write that book. Um, so... We need more help out there. You bet. And thank you for paying it forward that way. People can get uh, Street Logic on Amazon, and uh, it's it's fantastic. So thank you for that. But as we know, uh, addiction is not uh, prejudice to any particular demographic. We've got people in ivory towers who are, are um, suffering from the chronic uh, brain disorder and illness. So let's get after it and find out how your process and your modality of uh, uh, journaling and diary writing can help. One of my favorite authors, Sam Keen, wrote, we don't know our own stories until we begin to, to tell them or, as you're telling us, to write them. So tell us how a sober diary works so that people can can, can do it. Very often, we don't know how to do it, so we don't do it. Give us the breakdown of the steps that you use with people. Well, the the book... Sober Diaries is really a, a, a journal in its own right. It, it has, um, it's a framework for telling one story. And I divided it into 32 chapters, almost like uh, taking a retrospective of where we come from, where we are, um, what we really want. And along the way, I looked at a whole variety of um, Emotional awareness um, exercises. Uh, it's, it's. I sometimes say that it's kind of a mini psychotherapy in, in, in one book. Um, and I wrote it mostly for people who are uh, in the in the first month or two of trying to recuperate themselves from from whatever addictive behaviors 
they've, they've had. Um, and uh, so it walks a person through their story, basically, and it gives them very specific ways to look at it. Uh, not how to look at it, but how to, how to begin so they can look at it for, from their eyes. Therefore, the journal writing, you know, straight from your gut, how do you feel about this? And um, so it works almost like writing one's own story. And it just provides a guideline. Uh, it's made up of exercises that people in my workshops have found the most helpful. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly nothing. There seems to be no magic bullet to recovering from an addiction, but uh, having the desire to do it. And so I try to <clears throat> inspire people with uh, just the way the exercises are laid out and, uh, you know, try to encourage people that your story is important. So, and, and you can learn from it. Well, I think I love what you're saying. And I like to say that, you know, we, we take a look at, not only do we take a look uh, at things, but we take a look at how we're taking a look at things. And it seems like this is a really cool way. Uh, 32 different perspectives of taking a look at your story. So give us a story or two of people you've worked with. Tell us how people can can do that, specifically see themselves through this process and uh, will result in this kind of sustainable change. Well, um, I really wanted the, the, the book to be practical, to have actual um, tools in it that people can use. And one of the stories I remember was uh, a couple years ago, I was running a workshop and, and I had... Uh, I had a guy walk in, he was a little bit late to the group, and he was a big, gruff, tough-looking guy. Uh, you know, we all make quick, instinctual awareness, I don't know what you call it, uh, reads on people, I guess. I thought, this guy doesn't look like he's going to want to write in a journal. But sure enough, when I started talking about the, um, the theme of the day had been examining the difference between our reactions, our impulsive reactions, versus responding. So I talked about both of those things, uh, what they were, what they are, how they look like, and then I had everyone write about a time they had reacted and things had turned out badly. This guy started scribbling away and writing away and everything, and it was, it was great. The next exercise was how would we do that if we had one more minute? to actually think about what we were doing and and, uh, and look at our options for handling the situation and then making some kind of a choice we can live with. And this guy started writing again. And when we were done, I asked him, you know, I asked the group, did anybody want to share anything? And he raised his hand and he told a story about how he had always had a quick temper, gotten into many fights over silly things, as you put it, and um, he had never thought about the difference between, you know, defending himself with his gut instinct and his reactions versus stepping back and looking at, um, you know, I have a choice to make here. I can get into a fight or I can back off here and do something different. And it resonated with him because that's how he'd ended up in treatment. He, he One thing led to another. He ended up arrested. He had 
you know, addiction issues all going on at the same time. So he, uh, he came up after the group and said, I never quite looked at it as, uh, you know, I actually can respond. <laughs> and he liked the fact that, you know, just the, the, the word difference. And, and, you know, so he came up with his own little tricks about, uh, you know, stepping away from something and, and thinking it through a little bit. You know, hopefully he carries that with him, you know. Well, yeah, what a beautiful, powerful story. Uh, I think of A Course in Miracles, which is a, a pretty cool process itself, and it defines a miracle as a new perspective. And I, I love what you're saying as it uh, aligns with the brain science, and that is people think, look, there's something wrong with me. I, I have this anger. I keep reacting, when in fact that's just the software that we've got going on, and we can't rewrite that with the help of the processes like you're talking about. It just really makes uh, me happy to hear you say um, it, it works that way in probably a thousand different other ways. So tell me, you live in... Uh, let's call it the hub of the universe for addiction treatment in South Florida. Tell us what's happening there, and are treatment centers taking your um, your process on as something part of their regular curriculum? Well, um, you're right. This this Southeast Florida area is um, seems to be a mecca for addiction recovery. Programs, halfway houses, three-quarter way, the whole gamut. Um, I didn't know that when I moved down here. I, I just sort of stumbled into it. And um, uh, I would say that, um, as, as probably it is everywhere, that um, there are programs that are focused on certain types of recovery and there are some that are a little more alternative. And in my experience, I've taught this workshop now in seven different treatment centers and I've always been struck by the enthusiasm of the, of the clients for something a little different than the traditional group work they're doing. I don't. I, I don't know if anyone's teaching journal writing exactly down here. I haven't run into anybody that does it. <clears throat> I'm sure there probably are somewhere. But um, so the programs like it if the clients like it is, is what I've noticed. And my focus is on the clients. I, I want them to utilize their 30 days to the max. Um, but I'm still kind of, you know, I'm introducing the book treatment center by treatment center. There's a few other places in the country that have bought the books just to give to their clients as a welcome gift. And for, instead of a blank journal, they're going to give them a journal that actually will guide them through their storytelling. Um, so it's kind of new. It's exciting. Uh, I, I thought it was a, almost like a missing link in what I was seeing in, in a couple of treatment centers that I was working in long enough to see what was happening. But um, anyway, I, you know, I'm hoping that uh, it'll continue to grow. It, it, it's a simple, easy kind of practical book that um, I think people can use if, if they're ready or if they're 
not sure if they're ready. You know, I think people are on all levels. You know, either they're not ready at all for this treatment thing or they're wondering about it. And most seem to be in the middle and some are real clear. So it's uh, good for two of those three populations. And the ones who are not ready yet, you never know. Maybe they take the book home with them and look at it a year later when they need to. Who knows? Well, I love what you're saying about, you know, a patient-directed, patient-centered uh, kind of approach. And uh, if, if people like it, then the, then the center is going to like it. And as you know, I'm a, a recovery and wellness coach, and so I certainly will use your sober diary with my clients, and I, I think the sky's the limit here. So let's bridge this gap. You know, um, there are 12-step enthusiasts. That was uh, sort of my training in early recovery. How does your sober diary process align with the 12-step tradition and process of uh, sharing or telling one's story? You know, we're, we're asked to go and, and tell our story. Uh, tell, tell us how it's a neat alternative for that. Well, um, you know, the main thing that, that jumps out for me about um, – being in a group and, and speaking to people is that uh, it's a it's a great thing to do. It, it's a lot like expressing oneself in a journal, um, and it's powerful, you know, to have witnesses to what you're saying. <clears throat> I think that the journal writing part of it uh, complements the actually speaking and, and, and telling people one story. Um, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I, I think that, you know, I know there's a lot of writing that can go along with the, the, the 12 steps and the, and the work involved there. And I think that um, Sober Diaries, in a way, just might help someone tell their story and practice telling their story. Um, so... It, it does align with with the um, the telling of one's story, and, and it, I think even further, it it kind of gives a, a focus. You know, one could choose just one chapter out of the sober diaries, and you can talk about that in a uh, if they're chairing a meeting, for for example. Um, so, yeah, and journal writing is kind of a practice field. It's it's a little different than you know, kind of improvising as we're talking in front of a group. Uh, so I think they go hand in hand. Um, that's my take on it. Yeah, I think what a, um, very well said. And as you said earlier, uh, developing our emotional intelligence through a practice like this, what could be better? Uh, I want to ask you personally, how often do you journal and how has it changed over the years for you, do you do it the same way or is it always uh, changing a little bit? Well, I, I used to write a lot more. I realized that I have uh, boxes and boxes of old journals from uh, my traveling and my, you know, I use the journal to, um, I've used it for different reasons. And, and that's why I kind of came up with the Sober Diaries because I knew there were a lot of good uses for it. But, you know, I'll explore ideas. I'll explore my own thinking, my own situations. Um, emotions are really, uh, 
a per it's a perfect for for expressing and naming and, and getting clear about how we really feel about something uh is to write it out and you know and i've done that for a long time i still do it um and you know one of the things i teach on in almost every class i remind people that the simplest thing of all is to kind of just identify how we feel and especially when we feel strong things um and, and we tend to want to solve problems so you know if life is great we sort of enjoying life but when we're asking ourselves what is this anxiety about you know i i tell people you know just sit, sit down and write you know i feel anxious because and go to town and get down to what is what is it exactly you know keep going and keep going until you flush the whole thing out and you can see it because when you can see it then you can address it and decide how you want to handle it then look at your options so it's not just so much about saying i feel anxious but it's going further and saying why if you know and i'm not saying we get the perfect answers but i think if we go with our gut instinct and uh and spit it out we, we often get to exactly why and once we know why the steps of what we can do about it become clear so i don't know are you a journal writer Herbie? yeah i'm let me give you a question out of left field uh okay. and uh, I just I love what you're saying, and, and so I love journaling. And I'll do crazy things, and you've forgotten about more of this than I'll ever know. But uh, crazy things like asking a question of myself with my dominant hand. I'm left-handed, and then I'll answer with my right hand. Uh, have you ever heard of anything like that, where you just kind of fool around and these things come up, and you say, "My God, did I really write that?" You mean you actually would write with your uh, your right hand, which is your not. Yeah. Just for the fun of it, just to see what happens. Right. And then a couple of times, some really, really interesting and, and powerful things would come forward and, you know, just take me to the next right place. But, um, yes, I love journal writing and, and I like to experiment like that. Uh, that's that's great. I'd never heard that. You know, just switch hands and see what comes out. Um, <laughs> you know, I, because... Uh, no, that's great. There, there's all kinds of things one can one can draw pictures in a journal, and uh, you know, I guess write with the opposite hand. Although I think that'd be tricky, unless you're pretty fast with with you know, because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the thoughts can come tumbling out. And uh, but no, that that's interesting. That that gets into the whole right. Right hand, left hand, right brain, left brain stuff, and you know I don't know how that plays out. Other well, tell me. Go ahead. Something does, something does happen when we actually move our hand and our body and, and, and put words on paper. You know, with, with whatever hand we're using. So you say there is something with cursive. You know, writing it out instead of getting on a computer and typing it out. Do you think there's a big difference there? Uh, yeah, I, I do in a way, um, although. You know, I write on a computer as well, so maybe the maybe it's not that much different. But um, it's a good question. Well, the big idea is just doing it, and however you're going right. to do it is the right way to do it. Right, right, that's right. Let me ask you this: uh, 
I was watching uh, television, and I think that's that's the problem. I, I should probably stop, but I see these ads on television, and they they come on and they're talking about the addict, and the addict is going to relapse eighty six percent of the time, and it's sort of this horror movie kind of thing. And then they flash to the the pretty uh, you know place in Southern California where people are are getting. And staying well, uh, or so they say. Uh, do you think we're moving away from these labels, you know, calling each other the addict and hi, I'm Herbie, the alcoholic and the drug addict? Do you think uh, that's changing? Well, I, I, you know, I still, I hear that used a lot, you know, la- the labeling of oneself as, um, you know, an addict or an alcoholic, uh, and well, I also think that that um, you know addiction is kind of out of the closet. Like all, like a lot of social issues eventually emerge, and, and there's so much public knowledge of it. Um, it seems that there's an awful lot of treatment centers in the country. I don't know what the number was 25 years ago versus now, but. Um, it's, it's definitely out of the closet and, um, you know, one of the, I, you know, I'm not so, I understand using the label, hi, I'm, I'm so-and-so and I'm an addict. Um, but I think, you know, as a writer and someone who looks at words and the power of the words that we use, I do an exercise where I ask everybody to write, I am, you know, dot, 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 whatever but not to use a label that is negative. Um, and I'm not sure addict or alcoholic is exactly negative, but it's not something we're signing up for in this world. We, we do not want to become that. There's a, you know, I studied old B.F. Skinner and behaviorism a little and some of these other things. And, it, you know, the powerful effect of labels is um, something that I think it's a choice what we label ourselves. And that's different to say I've had some addictive behavior issues in my life and that, the, and that it's a problem. Because, a, you know, a problem does not define the person. In my opinion, a problem is just something a person has. It's not who they are. So when we say I am and you put a problem after it, I think what you're really doing, and I know that that's the general intention of, of probably even you saying that, well, there's a lot of reasons for it, but um, I think it's more powerful to kind of acknowledge that we're having a problem that we can actually handle versus um, this is some kind of mysterious disease that they've not quite figured out, despite all the research, um, what it is, you know. So I think we, you know, we do it. Why do we do addictive behaviors and keep doing it and doing it? You know, I think there's a lot of reasons, and that's the goal of treatment, I think, is for a person to kind of look at themselves uh, deeply and kind of make some strong decisions about things. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that these terms are pejorative. They do go to that, that sort of uh, stigmatized place. And in the year 2014, we can say, you know, this brain disorder requires wellness interventions to uphold wellness thresholds. And so the story changes from being victimized by something to being, you know, moving from resentment to ambition to really taking on 
uh, a different story, and and I, I can't tell you um, how stoked I am to learn about your sober diary. Why don't you? Um, let me ask you this before we wind down here. As you know, I'm really interested in brain science, uh, and that is that you know we need these three essential nutrients. We need to think well. We need to eat well, and we need to move well. The brain needs all of that. So is there anything in your process where people are able to kind of take inventory or journal about the the kind of movement practices they're having or exercise or what they're eating, or is that all inherent in in whatever goes down goes down? Um, That's a a really good point. Um, I... You know, of the think well, eat well, and move well um, ideas there, which are great. That, that's a nice way of putting it. I would put that the sober diaries is kind of in the think well category. Beautiful. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I I, I think uh, the other things are, um, you know. That's really, it's powerful, and I think as people fine-tune themselves, you know, in this world, you know, to try to move a little past survival and, and get into thrival, uh, eating well is crucial, and, uh, and moving, you know, yoga, exercise of any kind, it's, it's so good for the body. So I think they all go together. And, uh, well, I know, do too. And they help, yeah. uh, you know. They're synergistic. So if I'm not, uh, if I'm not moving well, the, this uh, um, diary writing process isn't going to be as effective, right? That's a real. Yep, exactly. That's, that's true. So, so why don't you tell listeners how they can get their very own sober diary and how to contact you to learn more about your web presence and possible presentations that you might give folks? Well, um, the book is available on almost I think most online booksellers, Amazon, etc. And um it's also available on the website which has some more information about it, which is soberdiaries.com. How much does it cost? Uh a single copy last I checked I think is is like um fourteen dollars. So check this out. I learned my story uh, by spending fourteen bucks, it's unbelievable. <laughs> well, right. I, I think it's I think it's a good deal. Um, uh, treatment centers who who want to buy bulk orders can also do it from the from the website, and the, and the price drops uh, dramatically. Um, you know, with the order of twenty five copies, for example. So. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, people could always. I think my contact information is on that website, soberdiaries.com. Um, now, are, now that's with an S, soberdiaries.com? Uh, no, it's um, uh, the website itself is. I always love this. None of us know our website names. <laughs> uh, I believe it's, um, it's sober diaries. Good. Plural. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, and there, there's a Facebook page for Sober Diaries, and I'll, I'll, I'll post some things up there now and then. Um, so anybody can go to uh, 
look for Sober Diaries on Facebook as well if they're interested. And you are interested in working with recovery coaches, with treatment centers, and with individuals anywhere to uh, get this process going for folks, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's right. <clears throat> Any other contact information, telephone, or anything that you want to share with the audience? Um, <clears throat> uh, well, let's see. I can. Um, my email is Steve E. Sundberg. That's Steve with an extra E after Sundberg at Gmail. And that's S-U-N-B-E-R-G? It's uh, S-U-N-D-B-E-R-G. Thank you. Thanks Steve, uh, Steve, you are, are definitely a an educator, and thank you for being uh, such a prolific author to share this great information with our Sober Conversations uh, listenership. Uh, I can't th thank you enough for uh, being true to your heart and taking this work out into the world that is so sorely needed. Thank you. Well, thanks for talking with me, Herbie. I appreciate it. Right on. Let's stay in touch. And I'd like to revisit this with you at some point to hear more stories. Will you do that? Sure. Sure. We can do an update at some point if you want. Right on. Have a blast in South uh, South Florida and go surfing at Sebastian Inlet if you get a chance. I'll, I'll give it a try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Herbie. Take care. Great talking with you. What is your story? You're a genius, Steve Sunberg. And listeners, find out more at SoberDiaries.com. That's S-O-B-E-R-D-I-A-R-I-E-S.com. Or send Steve an email via... Steve E. Sundberg, S-U-N-D-B-E-R-G, at gmail.com. Steve E. Sundberg at gmail.com to get your very own sober diary. Thanks again, Steve. As ever, I'm Dr. Herbie Bell, and you can find me on the web at recoveryhealthcare.me. That's .me or facebook.com slash recoveryhealth. Thank you for listening, and do us a favor by going to iTunes and giving a rating and a review because all great beginnings start with a conversation. Here's to the next time. And in the meantime, long-term recovery equals long-term wellness practices. Stay well. <laughs>